Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Fight fans? Welcome to the Fightful Boxing Podcast, May 19th. I'm Carlos Toro, and joining me is the one, the only, Stephen Mulehouse. And Stephen, have, have you been seeing other shows? Because now, because you're, you're telling me you were just on ESPN Radio, I'm assuming ESPN Radio <laughs> Chicago. No, you ESPN been... Radio in Omaha. Oh, Omaha. In oh, Omaha. well, that makes in, sense. In makes sense. In Omaha, Nebraska, for the fight tomorrow night between Terrence Crawford and Felix, is no man. God, ever since Canelo, actually since Joshua Klitschko, man, apparently I'm kind of popular, I guess, for some stupid reason. Yeah, because so, I make you look good. You do make me look spectacular, by the way. Someone has to make me look this good. I give my wife a little credit, but I give you the rest. All right. So long as, <laughs> give, so long as I'm your number one guy, I don't want you – Walking to you know to any other ESPN radio show in in Chicago or in Omaha or Fox Sports, everything the good stuff's here at Fightful. No, absolutely no. It's any time to promote the brand, my brand, Fightful's brand. Everyone looks good at the end of the day, but no, it's you know it's big fights when when you're getting radio show appearances, but no, it's a big fight weekend. It's been a big fight week, you know. Usually, you get it's not the big. And not, the thing is, Carlos, this is not the. You got one guy who is the top pound, well, top five pound for pound fighter in the world today, and we'll talk about Terrence Crawford in a moment. But you got a great card on Showtime as well, and you were telling just telling me something. Eleven world title fights this weekend. Ten world what? title fights. Ten. That is ridiculous. Ten. Ten. Yeah, most of them take place in Japan, but still, ten world title fights. That's a good weekend. Yeah, it's an absolutely amazing weekend and kind of a bad, a bad weekend to have 10 world title fights when we have a lot of other big shows. NXT TakeOver Chicago tomorrow, um, Backlash tomorrow. is going to have tons of coverage on that, including a post-show podcast for both shows. Um, but yeah, oof. Terrence Crawford, Gary Russell the- Jr. What's up? I'm going to be at that show tomorrow. Like, that's going to be fun, the NXT show. Oh, man, it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to be the static is the whole Tommaso Ciampa injury, whether it's a work or not. Like I was just listening to Brian Alvarez saying that it's a work. I, I, I don't think they would do something like that. And no. No, I don't think. Because he got to be held by officials. So, I don't know. Sean, Sean Ross Sapp, our managing editor, was at that show and Oh boy, I, I saw some pictures and I think it's all right with Tommaso Ciampa because he's a damn good wrestler. And I'm looking for, I'm probably looking forward to that ladder match the most on that card. Oh, the show's going to be amazing. And but the busy weekend, you got MMA. No, no, one really, you got Bellator tonight. You got pro wrestling. And I think boxing dominates today tomorrow. I really do. You got. You got a great card on HBO. You got a good card on, and another good card on Showtime. It's a very exciting weekend in my mind for boxing. I'm really looking forward to it. And I got a question for you, though. So, what are you going to take off that hat? I don't – the people want to see the hair, man. Come well, on. Okay, no. Okay, so here's the thing. I've been experimenting. I, I've, made, I've been rounding a little bit of an experiment for the past couple of weeks. And every time I take 
I wear the blonde, there's always a couple of guys saying, who's that Justin Bieber looking mother effer? Or, oh, come on. You don't like, where they go, who's hating on the Biebs, man? Come on. Who is not a, you're not a Justin Bieber fan? You can be the Puerto Rican Justin Bieber. I don't think, I don't think that's much of an accomplishment. But when I wear the hat, I get a lot of good comments on it. People sure love the old school Nintendo. You love the old school Nintendo. I love the old school Nintendo. People love the hat. People love the hat. So you're meaning to tell me that you do not want to be the Mexican Justin Bieber. Wait, when did it become I mean, Mexican? I mean, I mean, the Puerto Rican. I'm Mexican. You're Puerto Rican. We're not supposed to get along, actually. No. But you could be the Puerto Rican Justin Bieber. That wouldn't be a bad deal, man. Make some, make that money, man. No, not buying it. <laughs> Listen, nah. one thing is eccentric millionaire, which is our owner Jimmy Van's gimmick. That's one thing. Mexican Justin B. Oh my God, you got me. Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Hey, you know what, man? We all get confused at times. I apologize. You never. I've always learned. You never want to call a Puerto Rican a Mexican, and you never want to call a Mexican a Puerto Rican. So I would take offense to that as well. And I do apologize. Okay. greatly apologize. You know what? People who are watching right now in the live chat, tell me. You prefer the blonde hair. It's not going to stay blonde forever because it's, it's slowly starting to – you can sort of see the, uh, the, my original hair color just coming back. Or do you rather see the awesome Nintendo hat? Because I love this. This is my favorite hat ever. Uh I want to see the hair once in a while. Come on. Come on, man. But no, a very... I will, I will let the people decide. I forget the people. I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> but no, a, a very exciting weekend. But before we, I think we even kick off that, we got, I think we, we're not going to do justice if we don't start with Mayweather and McGregor. And it is reported. It has been confirmed. Conor McGregor has agreed to the UFC for his half of his... He's agreed to terms. But now, now it's Floyd Mayweather's turn. And I know they're talking. They've been talking for a while. But I think it was all contingent on McGregor. And now the ball's in Floyd Mayweather's court here. And I think we need to start with the timeline here. There's different reports going around that the fight could take place between August and October. It's not taking either August or October. It's not taking place on September 16th. Regardless of what Showtime wants to tell you, regardless of what Floyd Mayweather really thinks, it's not taking place on September the 16th. It will be Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin, so everyone can relax, pump the brakes. So it's either August or October. I'm more of the essence of I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be held in November if this does happen. I'm still – I will believe this fight happens when they get in the ring, but we are now closer than ever to this fight happening. Yeah, as um, as you mentioned, Dana White confirmed it. Uh, Connor confirmed it. I mean, look, the Connor side, that was always going to be the easiest part when you're talking about which side is going to sign first or which side is going to be hard to negotiate. That, that part was kind of to be expected. And Dana White said that he wanted to get May, uh, McGregor wrapped up by, by last Sunday. A few days late doesn't really matter. It's the, it's the Mayweather side that's that's going to be a little bit tough. And I believe that Mayweather wants to genuinely fight Conor McGregor. But of course we've he seen does. This. He wants, but, of course, he wants the easy money. Who would not want? If someone came up to you and you're, you're an awesome boxer, they're like, you know what, how would you like to make an exorbitant amount of money to face someone you know you're going to crush? Come on. Of course you're going to take it. But remember who we're talking about here. A guy yeah. whose ego is bigger than the universe. Yeah. No, here's the Plain thing. And simple. I, I Look, I, we all know Mayweather wants to fight, but McGregor, that doesn't mean the fight's going to happen. We've seen it time and time again. Negotiating with Floyd Mayweather is not the easiest thing in the world. We've seen how long it took the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight to happen. We've seen how many times it's taken – Mayweather, there was even a bit of a negotiation snacks at times when Canelo Alvarez was 
was uh, wanting to fight Mayweather. So we don't, it's not a bygone collusion. This is going to get wrapped up by the end of the month or anything like that. I think this is going to take several weeks. Like the, now, maybe even throughout the summer. Now, does Floyd really want this fight, though? You can chirp. And he can chirp. But one side's agreed to this. That much we know. But how bad does Floyd can say Floyd's a media manipulator? Like we'll start, and Floyd's great at doing it. But how bad does he really want this fight? Now, if this fight doesn't get made, it's all off Floyd Mayweather. Period. There's a lot of money to be made here, regardless of the the freak show aspect of all this. At the end of the day, this is going to make Floyd Mayweather a lot of money, Conor McGregor a lot of money, and it would make the UFC a lot of money. It will make Fightful.com a lot of money. Anyone that writes about this fight, it will make them a lot of money. It'll make me a lot of money. It's going to make everyone a lot of money. It's going to make a lot of people a That doesn't mean the fight's going to happen. There's still a long way to go here. People are like, oh, one side's done. It's good. No, 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 no. This is still going to be a while, like you said. You still got to, Floyd's got to agree to it. Then you got the cable providers. Then you got the sponsorship issue. You still have a lot of, the arena aspect as well. You still have a lot of obstacles here. Just because a once, it's important, don't get me wrong, that McGregor agreed, Carlos. Don't get me wrong. But we have to remember here. There's a lot of avenues still to go here before this fight is close to being done. We're only, you're at a right, if you want to talk football percentages. Right now we're at about, right about the 35-yard line. We're there. Dana White was on board. They got Conor McGregor to agree. You're at, you still got a ways to go here if we're talking football terms. So I will still believe it when the pr- the contracts are signed. They're at the press conference. They're doing the media tour. And then when they step into the ring. When they step into the ring, then I will be a believer. I will believe it still when it actually happens. But it's closer now. We, you gained a little, we gained a little bit here. So, But at the end of the day, Carlos, this fight is going to get made. There's, who doesn't like money more than Floyd Mayweather? Let's be – if Floyd Mayweather can make this money, he's going to do it. But he better be careful about what he has, what he, what he's wishing for here. I'm not saying Conor McGregor is going to win, but I think Conor McGregor has a better shot than what many people are giving him. He clips you with one left hand, especially at a guy at the age of 40 who won't be in the ring for two years. I think you never say never in combat sports. And not just that. I mean, look, McGregor's no slouch. He's an extremely good striker in the UFC. We've seen him. We saw that incredible striking against Eddie Alvarez when he won the lightweight title. But and here's the thing: it is not like at the foregone conclusion that like Mayweather's gonna, gonna knock out McGregor like in the first two rounds or anything like that. It's not the same as no. when when CM Punk. It goes into UFC and fights Mickey Gall. It's not the same thing. You're having, you're looking at a guy in Floyd Mayweather who's forty, has not really had the best record in the past several years in his career in terms of knocking guys out. I mean, his last legitimate knockdown knockout was probably was it Ricky Hatton, I believe, because I don't count the Victor Ortiz knockout as a legitimate knockout. I don't. Legitimate, yeah, Ricky Hatton. And MMA is different than boxing. They're two completely different sports. And you looked at when James Tony went into MMA, and you saw what happened with with Randy Couture. But I think it it, it it is easier for an MMA fighter to go into boxing. But then it's a completely different realm then because you're only it's more hand eye coordination. It's more footwork. And that's the thing I know Conor McGregor has to work on. And talking from people I know that have worked with him, that's the he can hit. But the thing is, it's his lateral movement. It's his side-to-side movement. It's going forward. He knows the aspect of going forward. 
I think he knows how, and he knows how to cut off the, he knows how to cut off the cage. But the cage in the ring is still totally different. And that stuff he's got to work on here. So if, if I'm McGregor and I'm the UFC, I'm trying to push this to like November. This is that would be November, December would be the way I would try to go here. I would even maybe wait till 2018. That's just my opinion. Just because give him as much time as humanly. I know he's been training. But more time you can get, more ring time you can get, the better. I'm not saying he's going to win. I don't think he will. Everyone's got a chance. But he can hit hard. And all it takes is one shot. But the question is, can Wood McGregor be able to land that one shot? And I think when the fight gets closer, we'll break that down more. But when it gets signed and everything. But we're we're there. We're 65 yards away to go. But we're closer now than we were last week. And... Both sides are talking, and it's just at the end of the day, how bad does Floyd Mayweather really want this? Floyd can talk, but he better be careful what he wishes for here because he is 40. Father time beats everybody, even someone like Floyd Mayweather. So he be, that's, I think, the thing. If I'm Floyd, I consider not doing this just because – you can be 40. You can be in great shape. But Father Time kicks your ass and wins every goddamn time. You know, and one thing that uh, uh, Roy Sorge in our live chat was just saying, how about conditioning and boxing? It's 12 rounds in a very different tempo. If it goes to the distance, I think Mayweather will get the government. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think this fight's going to get to uh, go to this in 12 rounds. Well, we don't even know if they'll even It'll allow It'll be 12 rounds. Okay, it'll be 12 rounds, yeah. It'll, I, I would it'll imagine, be 12 rounds. Yeah, I, get, I just can sort of see someone, like a snarky uh, person inside the Nevada State Athletic Commission being like, yeah, it's your first fight. I'm like, we're not going to give you 12 rounds. I'm going to give you eight at the most. I can it see someone be, with... It will be 12 rounds. Conditioning you know, will play a factor. McGregor is very good about his conditioning. Look at, and you look at the Nate Diaz fight. Those were some bombs thrown in that second Nate Diaz fight. And McGregor, McGregor still looked good after five rounds. He got a little tired halfway through the fight, but he was able, he put it into another gear after that. But when you're taking shot after shot, don't give me, Floyd Mayweather is not a hard puncher. This fight, if Conor McGregor doesn't land that punch to knock out Floyd Mayweather, this is going forever. But I, I still can't, like, and I was talking about this with my wife last night. We were eating dinner. And she brought it up to me. She's like, so when are you going when when is this fight happening? When are you when are you leaving? And I'm like I'm like, I will still believe it when it happens when they get in the ring and I'm explaining it more to her. She's like, Yeah, I can see that bleep in Mayweather not he I can see him backing down and not the fight happening. And not, and that's just someone that knows nothing about, about combat sports that in depth about combat sports but just knowing Floyd Mayweather's history. I'll still believe it when it actually happens. I, I I just still can't fully wrap my head around this fight happening. I really can't. I, I just I get it from a financial aspect, but I can't wrap my head around it more than that. And don't get me wrong, it's gonna make everyone a lot of money. I love money, you love money, we all Fightful loves money. I think every combat sports site website loves money. But I think just a true sport of it, Carlos. I just can't wrap my head around this though. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still can't believe that even after almost a year later, we're still talking about this and we're actually getting close. It's not one of those cases where we're talked about it and it's being talked a lot, but we but everybody knows everybody's blowing smoke up their asses. This, you know, this is very close. And we've been saying this for months. It's this fight, the chance of this fight getting made it's a lot closer than most people would think it is and i never thought it would be it went from like a pipe dream oh that would be kind of fun oh let's talk about some pure fantasy video game mike tyson's knockout type of scenario and now this i know for a fact the sites were talking even before and dana white i know it's had conversations with Al Heyman. That I do have. I've had that confirmed for a while. And I've even brought that up on this podcast. But now, it's real, man. In that aspect of one side's agreed. 
but you still have a whole long way to go here. But in dealing with Floyd Mayweather, just talking to promoter, like I've had conversations with Bob Arum about this, and he said it's torturous. I've talked to people at HBO and Showtime and CBS about this one, the lead up to Mayweather Pacquiao and when Mayweather fought Birdo. It is no picnic in the park dealing with Floyd Mayweather. So I think we're still a ways. Dana seemed very optimistic, which he should. But you look at it this way, and this is an aspect I think a lot of people are not talking about. If this fight doesn't get made, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor and Dana White in the UFC come off great here. Because Mayweather kept saying, I want this fight. McGregor, McGregor's agreed the terms. The ball's solely here on Floyd Mayweather, and he will look horrible here. And he probably doesn't care because he's a pompous you-know-what. But his reputation's already taken a hit. It will take a further hit if he doesn't take this fight. And he can say it's the money, and they're both going to make a lot. Floyd can make a couple hundred million. He can make about $150, $200 million here after everything's said and done. McGregor can make around, I think, right around like 75, which has been the, the number thrown around in what I've confirmed. So too much money on the table, but don't be surprised if this fight doesn't still get made, and it would be because of Floyd Mayweather. So if it doesn't get made, guys, girls, people, do not blame Conor McGregor. Do not blame Dana White in this scenario. It would all fall on pretty boy Floyd. So now – we move on from the fight that may or may not happen onto a fight that is definitely happening Saturday night. Terrence Crawford versus Felix Diaz for the unified light welterweight title. I'm very interested in this fight. Not because of, you know, whether or not Crawford, uh, Felix Diaz could beat Terrence Crawford. I think Crawford's going to win. But whether or not Crawford's stardom reaches past his hometown of Omaha, Nebraska. That's the thing that I'm most curious about. If you don't see great attend, uh, great numbers, HBO-wise, from this fight, and to an extent, not it's not solely on Terrence Crawford because there's a lot of stuff on Saturday Night Bellator, a tons of other fights on Showtime. Uh, I think there's an NBA playoff game happening at the same time, and NXT TakeOver. Um, Bellator's looking on. Is... Bellator's right, on. Right, right. Tonight, tonight, tonight. My bad. My bad. Um, there's, still a ton of, but there's still a ton of things to, uh, to compete with your HBO. And I think, I think Crawford needs to look sensational against Felix Diaz. And I think he's capable of doing so against Felix Diaz. And I don't mean to disrespect Felix Diaz, but I think Crawford can definitely look real good and be and take that next step into becoming a superstar in boxing. I was just asked all these questions that you brought up here. And I was just the radio show. I was just on in Omaha and he should already be a star. He's a top five pound for pound fighter. There's no top five. If you if your top five pound for pound list, Terrence Crawford's in that category, but all but he, he is a parallel with Andre Ward. And I brought this up, and I think it's a very valid. They're both top pound-for-pound pound fighters. But they're both their own worst enemy here. Because Andre Ward doesn't like doing media. Terrence Crawford doesn't like doing media. And Terrence Crawford did literally no media for this fight. I inquired for an interview. I went to HBO. HBO gives me every interview that I want. If I want an interview, HBO will go in their realm and make it happen. They could not make it happen. I've never talked to Terrence Crawford, and I've made many inquiries. He doesn't like doing interviews. He said, but it's when you're reluctant to play the game, you're reluctant to do interviews with the media. You can't get anywhere. This is 2017. You need to get yourself out there. And this is what I don't think. Terrence Crawford should already be a superstar. I look at numbers I've done, articles I've done on him for other websites. He doesn't, he doesn't translate. His numbers don't produce like they should. 
He's a great fighter. He's an unbelievable fighter. You're 30 and 0 with 21 knockouts. One of the top five. You're you're right. You're one of the best in the world. You're the unified light super lightweight champion of the world. But he doesn't promote himself for crap. He drew okay in Vegas for the Victor Apostle fight. I think it did around 8,000 people at the MGM Grand, and it wasn't bad. And I'm hearing right now there was uh, there's about 8,000 tickets sold for this fight, and that's all due to Bob Arum and Top Rank and their promotional. HBO's been kind of hamstrung by him because he hasn't wanted hasn't wanted to really do anything. And I think that really hurts him here because he should beat Felix Diaz. Felix Diaz is good. He's not great, but he's really good. And he could pose some problems. And this is nothing for Felix Diaz. Let's remember that. He's a 2008 Olympic gold medalist. Facing one of the top five pound-pound fighters in the world today and facing him in Madison Square Garden, this is not a big deal for Felix Diaz whatsoever. The pressure won't get to him. All the pressure's on Terrence Crawford. He needs to win, like you said, and he needs to look great. Because there's a lot that can happen here. He's 30. You're, when you start getting to 30, it's either a make-or-break time here. It's a make-or-break time for Terrence Crawford. It really is. A win here gets him to Manny Pacquiao. I honestly believe I don't know why Bob Arum is so reluctant to make that fight. I think it's an easy fight to make. I think he's afraid to make it because Terrence Crawford could legitimately win the fight. But I think all the pressure here is on Terrence Crawford. you got to win. And then instantly, don't even let, after you tell Max Hunter, yeah, I look great, da, da, da. I goddamn it want Manny Pacquiao. you got to stay, you got to stomp on it and say that's what he wants. That fight should have already happened, but the reluctance to talk about it has gotten Terrence Crawford absolutely nowhere. You can't be reluctant. You have to talk to get what you want in this world. You want big fights? You want media to talk? A, do some goddamn media. Second of all, and I'm not saying this because of me, do it for yourself to make more money. Provide for your family. It's all on him, Carlos. It really is. It really, really is. So Sorry for my long rant there. But stuff like this is really... Stuff like that bothers me because when you see greatness, I want to see greatness executed. And when you're not living up to your potential due to your reluctance to talk, I don't feel too bad for you. I really don't. And see, I feel like, and I think anybody that's listened to all the bikes that we've done, I feel like this has been something we've touched upon almost every time because it is true and it's so rampant because we're, we, we shouldn't have this few mega stars in the sport. We shouldn't. Andre Ward should be a household name. Terrence Crawford should be a household name. It shouldn't just be, at this moment, Manny and maybe Anthony Joshua and Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. These shouldn't be just the only big, big stars in the sport. We should have, we should have maybe three times as many stars right now as what we currently have. We should, and it's a really, like you said, it's it's the same thing with MMA. Because and tonight's example of the Bellator show, Roy McDonald has a chance tonight to become a superstar. I really honestly believe that Roy McDonald tonight can he's already a star, but if he can go to go to London and pounce on Paul Daly, and Roy McDonald now is willing to chat, he's willing to talk, and you get him in that realm. Let's rock and roll. MMA needs more stars. Boxing needs more stars. It shouldn't just be like you said, Joshua, Canelo, Golovkin, Manny. There should be Andre Ward, Terrence Crawford, Sergey Kovalev. There should be Terrence Crawford. There should be at least eight superstars. Vladimir Klitschko. There, there should be more. There should be nine, ten superstars. Instead, there's like four. There's like five. And that's not right. There should be an overabundance of stars in boxing, and there's not enough of them. And it's just due to their reluctance to talk. You see Kovalev doing it more, and I think Kovalev and Ward have a chance to do it, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But it's, it's a shame because Bud Crawford is an amazing fighter. 
he's a great you know he's technically signing there's not a better pure technical boxer than in my mind than Terrence Crawford he does everything perfect footwork his precision his accuracy this the way it's just a pure thing of beauty to watch but he doesn't talk he doesn't promote himself the promoter can only do so much it has to it, it has to come to the point where a lot of people blame the promoter. A lot of people blame like Bob Arum and Al Heyman and Don King and Dana White and Scott Coker. No, they can only do the marketing machines can only do so much. If you're not willing to talk, not willing to tell your story, no one's going to give a bleep. Sorry, no one cares. And so. Now we move on to, I guess, a better for predictions. I think it's kind of obvious that Crawford's going to win this fight, and I think I Crawford, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't well, say it's that. not obvious. I wouldn't say it's obvious, but this is not the toughest opponent Crawford has faced. And I no. don't mean disrespect, but I mean, well, first of all, I don't think Felix Diaz has the power to handle with the light with the likes of Terence Crawford. Crawford's fought stronger guys than Felix Diaz. I think this fight is – I think Crawford's winning, I'm going to say, eighth-round stoppage. I brought this up earlier in some in an interview I was on. And Crawford's a slow starter. And if Felix Diaz can get this fight going early, he's got a good left hook. He's got a good jab. If he can get that jab going – he's got to get on the inside, pop the jab. And if he can land a couple left hooks – Get Crawford backed up. Make Crawford think a little bit. He can get himself into the fight early, and Crawford may have to play catch up. But I think Terrence Crawford comes out here. He's got to come. He has to come out early, and he's got to force the issue. Look at what it did for Canelo Alvarez against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. He took control in that first two minutes of the fight, and he dominated the re- the, the remaining thirty four minutes. If Terrence Crawford does it on, on Saturday night, this will be an easy fight for Terrence Crawford. I'm in agreement with you. Just to spite you, I'm going to go seventh round stoppage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, you've been a little cocky lately in your predictions, and you've been getting some right, and you're getting a little, you're getting a little too. That cockiness is getting to an, an unheard of level in my estimation. I like it, though. I like it. I like when the young buck, like young buck, young buck, wrestling fans out there, if you guys are listening, and knows how I parallel there, you the naked Matt Jackson. I'm just waiting for. I'm just. But, I'm just just waiting next podcast. I'm just gonna come out with a giant tassel and a jacket with my face all over it. You gotta do that. Come on. If Terrence Crawford wins by eighth round knockout, that's what you have to do. I will do that. You have to come out. You have to work in that with it in the ten. You got to get some streamers and tape them to like the size of your hat. Is what you got to do, and put them like on the buttons, on like in the A and B button there. Yeah, do that too. Yeah, do that too. So you got to wear tassels next week if you're right. All Don't right. let him off the hook, guys. Come on. No, no, no. You think you think this is something that I want that I would try to miss out? Oh, no. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, I, I bet you're going to try to back out of this. I went as far as to bleach my hair twice. I think I'm capable of wearing something like that. Now, did you lose a bet to dye your hair blonde and look like Justin Bieber? Uh, Sword. I don't know if you could call this losing a bet or not. So this was for the baseball fans out there. This happened all the way back in the World Baseball Classic, and so there was this. Just to give a quick recap as to why Puerto Ricans for like a whole month dyed their entire hair blonde. So one of the players on the Puerto Rican baseball team, Yadier Molina, might be the best catcher right now in baseball, at least defensively. He dyed his hair. He This was going to be his final World Baseball Classic. And he said, listen, I want to win this so badly, I will bleach my hair. And so the entire team decided to do the same, and they started winning. They went undefeated in the first two rounds, and the whole country just started, you know, 
bleaching their hair. It it got actually became a problem so much so that the Washington Times was report uh, Washington Post. They were reporting that Puerto Rico was facing an epidemic of hair dye shortage. That's how bad it's been. And so and huh. so in the second round, Puerto Rico was going up against the Dominican Republic and the U.S. And my dad said. If the Puerto Ricans beat the U.S. and the Dominicans, we're dyeing our hair blonde or we're bleaching our hair. And and it actually happened. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Screw it. Let Might as well do it. And my dad never bleached his hair. He never bleached his hair. So he pretty much tricked me into bleaching my own hair. Then I started liking it and I decided to do it a second time. But it's going to be the last time I bleach my hair, at least for a very long time. You just got called Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, don't, was, give him, don't, give, don't give him that satisfaction. Dolph Ziggler is facing on Sunday the great Shinsuke Nakamura. Do not give Carlos Toro, ladies and gentlemen, that much credit. I agree with Ray, though. Ray, I agree. Roy, sorry, I put you in there, brother. Roy, you're on the right track, amigo. He should just shave the damn head. He could look more like Justin oh. Bieber since the Biebs just shaved his head. Yes, I called him the Biebs. No, I will not. I will not. Um, so one thing you were talking about, the about how boxing doesn't have enough stars. Um, Ole Samuel Lay, he was asking, outside of the 24-7 series on HBO, which is fantastic. I love those series always. How do boxers reach a wider audience? Yeah. Now, it comes to the situation where what I don't know. I just really think I really don't know. I don't get baffled too often, but I think in terms of what we're talking about for this fight, Crawford wins. But I think this is all, like you said, it's dependent on how he looks. And, and then now let's talk about the card on Showtime. Now you got to fight with Gary Russell. And first, before we talk about Gary Russell, are you a fan of Showtime and HBO having cards on the same night? No, because I'm going to have to pick one of them, and then I'll have to wait a while before I can see them. I'm not a big fan, especially with the fact that HBO has a card, has Terrence Crawford fighting at, in Madison Square Garden, and then you technically got two different Showtime cards, one in England headlined by Javante Davis and Liam Walsh, and then you got Gary Russell versus Oscar Escandone. I, wouldn't, I don't blame Showtime a whole lot for picking this date because the Gary Russell fight this was, is, was supposed to have been done a couple of months ago, but I'm not a big fan. Because it splits the audience two ways into watching one channel or the other. It's really tough, especially the fact that you kind of have the main events happening more or less at the same time. If you're having like a the Gervonta Davis fight, which I think it's like at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and then later at night you have the HBO card, I'm perfectly fine with that. But simultaneous cards, not a big fan. <laughs> it's one of these things to where – one wants to do better than the other. And this is the thing. This is what hurts. Stuff like this hurts boxing. Like, like you said, if you wanted to air the Javante Davis fight, like you said, they're going to get in the ring, I think, at about 5 Eastern. I'm fine with that. I really am. But when you get to the point then of where then HBO, I think the Crawford fight starts at, I think, 9 Eastern. If, am I, am I, I think I'm correct on that. You have the Showtime card that's starting at the same time with Gary Russell. It's like all you're doing is you're making boxing fans choose when you should want to have as many eyes as humanly possible. It's like the UFC and Bellator airing fights on the same night. They don't do it often. And sometimes it just happens. But they always stay pretty much in their lane on when it comes, okay, we're airing fights here. We don't want to really interfere because they get it. They don't want to hurt the sport. And I think it's also a mutual respect between Dana White and Scott Coker. And then they have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. So I think that's also it's why you don't really get that. 
But you got here with two networks that can't stand each other. HBO doesn't like Showtime. Showtime sure and tell doesn't like HBO. Steven Espinosa from Showtime has that alpha mentality, which does work. I think sometimes it's... Because Showtime made this card like in March. The Sarah's Crawford fight's been announced like in February. So you're looking at this as HBO already had the date. Showtime decided, you know what? We're going to put the same. We're going to... Yeah, this fight was supposed to happen like in February. They didn't come up to a date till March for Gary Russell. Why couldn't you make it like last week? Why couldn't it be in a couple weeks? There's a busy couple weeks coming up next week with Errol Spence and Kell Brook. You also have Gary Russell go to England and fight on that card. It's a big card. You're going to fight in front of about 30,000 people. Why not? But... No, I don't like this move. It hurts boxing. I think this is more of each network's going to get hurt here because Terrence Crawford should be – that fight should be seen by about a million people. It's not going to be. That fight will probably do about four four fifty. But now it's not going to do that because now you're cutting, the, you're cutting your audience in all virtually half. So when you make fans choose, it's bad for the sport. You give fans the easier option, not the harder option. A bad job by Showtime here. I, I, it's pretty – and I like Gary Russell. I think he's a great fighter, but I think Showtime really hurt him here by having this card tomorrow night. It's not good for boxing. So now, yeah, I agree. And with Gary Russell, he's going up against a guy in Oscar Escondone. Really, ever since Russell lost to Vasil Lomachenko via majority decision, He's looked good. He's knocked out Patrick Highland. He's knocked out Johnny Gonzalez very early in his last two fights. And one thing that I was worried about, whether or not ring rust was going to be a factor, I mean, the Gary Russell's proven in the past that he can fight well with no ring with 11 months of ring rust because that was the, same, that was the case with the uh, Patrick Highland fight. After he beat Johnny Gonzalez in March of 2015, 11 months transpired without Russell fighting. And then he beat Patrick Highland in the second round, I think. And then another 11 months happened. And now we have this fight. So I don't think, I don't think ring rust is going to be much of a factor. And I think, I think Russell's going to win this. Uh, I'm going to say six round stoppage. I think Russell, I think Russell is a damn good fighter. And I think a lot of people should really pay more attention to Gary Russell Jr. I'm a huge fan of Russell. I'm a fan of Gary Russell. Gary Russell is his own worst enemy. He can't. He, these layoffs are ridiculous. It's his him feeling like and he tried to misconstrue it when I talked to him a couple weeks ago, saying that it's not the case. You know, it's not about money. At the end of the day, it's about the money. He wants more money. You get more money when you fight. Like if he gets another fight with Lomachenko, that would do huge. He would make a lot of money. That'd be his. And I think a rematch between them, I I would like to see that. But but Gary Russell's another guy where he hurts his own stock. You have to be active. You can't fight just once a year. Once a year does you no good. In boxing, you got to fight two, three times a year. How do you think Gennady Golovkin got to he was that fight? If you would have fought once or twice a year, once a year, it doesn't get him. But Golovkin fights two, three times a year. The same thing with Canelo Alvarez. Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, these guys were fighting at least twice a year. If you're only fighting once a year, that does you absolutely no good. And in this case, it's done Gary Russell no good. Gary Russell has no one to blame but Gary Russell. He's a great fighter. Yeah, he come, he's good off 11-month layoffs. But you shouldn't want 11-month layoffs. Not when you're in the prime of your career. But this is also an exciting card because his brothers are fighting on the card. That's never – you got three brothers fighting on the same card. Yeah, they're fighting on the undercard. They won't be – I made the Showtime will maybe show highlights. I would think they would. I think that's a smart thing to do. But I think the historical significance is the fact that three brothers are fighting on the same card. I think that's really cool. And that's something that's never been done before. So I think more people should be talking about that, giving that more love and giving that more attention. 
But I agree with you. I think Gary Russell runs through him, and I, I'd say fifth round. I, maybe it goes a little longer, but I go anywhere between round. I can see the sixth round. So I say between rounds five and seven. I think, I think he closes the show. He gives the his hometown. I think he gives the hometown crowd a little bit of flavor, a little bit of love, and I think he finishes this fight pretty early. It's an easy fight for him. There's a, he can show up. He could have not trained for this fight and still won the fight. That's how good Gary Russell is. Yeah, and I, like I mentioned, Russell, phenomenal, you know, knockout numbers. 20, uh, well, not phenomenal number, but at least recently, as I mentioned, knocking out Johnny Gonzalez and Patrick Island. I think those are, that's pretty huge. And I, you know what? I would love it if Vasyl Lomachenko and Gary Russell Jr. have a rematch because that would do gangbuster numbers. I really do. So now we move on to really, and, and the undercard is actually pretty good. You mentioned the brothers. You also got on uh, on the undercard another world title fight. Uh, Jose Uskategi versus Andre Durrell for the vacant IBS super middleweight title. The title uh, vacated by Bato Jack after he decided, screw this, I'm going to light heavyweight. Which I don't get, by the way. I, I'm a fan of Badu Jack, but Badu Jack is making the, a horrible decision here. For a weight class, you're dominating. Not dominating, man. A weight class, you can be pretty dominant. And now you're going up to where you're going to face the Ward, Andre Wards, the Sergey Kovalevs, the Adonis Stevensons of the world. I don't think he beats them. I think Badu Jack is getting – I think Badu Jack got some bad advice here for Floyd Mayweather. Why go up to 175? You're going to get crushed. You are not going to beat Andre Ward. He's not going to beat Sergey Kovalev. I don't even think he beats Adana Stevenson. And I, I'm not a big fan of Stevenson. I think he's a little overrated. But I don't even think he beats Adana Stevenson. I don't think he beats Fonfaro. You're looking at best. He's the fifth, the very best case scenario for Badu Jack. You better hope they all retire or Ward goes back to 68 and Kovalev breaks a hip and doesn't ever come back. And Stevenson just retires because I don't see how Badu Jack becomes a world champion. Especially, especially in a division where really it's only two world title holders, Andre Ward and Adonis Stevenson, and that's pretty much it. Whereas at 168 pounds, the division's pretty much there for the taking for anybody. And yeah, you can say that, you know what, I don't want to stay at 168 pounds because uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble making with, which is what Bottle Jack has told me. He, he doesn't, he's not having the best time trying to make 168 pounds in the last. But mainly, one excuse that he said, that he was telling me all the way back in January, was like, you know what, I don't like. I don't like the, the judging. I don't like the fact that I've been screwed out of two wins in the past two fights. And I'm like, that's not a that's not a super middleweight division problem. That's a boxing problem. That's a that's a boxing problem. It's always bad. It's a combat sports problem. This isn't just a boxing problem. This is where and when you hear him talk, his lips are moving, but Floyd Mayweather's voice is coming out of his mouth. That's a Floyd Mayweather thing with the with the referee. That is, a, it's a combat sports problem. That's a, that's a pretty piss poor excuse by Badu Jack. It really is. So now we have this fight: Uskadegi versus Durrell. I think Durrell's taking this easily. Yeah, no problem. The other Showtime card: Javante Davis versus Liam Walsh. I gotta say, Davis Good really, Javante really impressed me when he beat uh, Sniper Pedraza. He really did, because there were so many factors going into the, into that fight, which I thought was working against him. The fact that Javante Davis has never fought a 12-round fight before, the fact that this is his tw- first world title fight, his level of competition is not good at all. He's never f- <coughs> fought in a crowd that big at the Barclays Center as it did when uh, he fought Jose Pedraza. But he did... He looked poised. He looked great. He was taking down Jose Pedraza. Silly. I mean, he was beating him handedly, and he beat him. I think it was in the seventh round, and to win the uh, the IBF Junior Lightweight Title. 
But Liam Walsh is a different animal than Jose Pedraza. And Pedraza was coming into that fight thinking one foot out the door, out of the division, moving into lightweight. He was already thinking that when I spoke to him back in January. But Liam Walsh is different. It's another undefeated guy. I think Davis wins this one because I still think he he has so much yet to improve and he's getting better with every fight. I think Davis wins this one. It, I say this one goes to the cards. I'm going to say it goes to the cards. He is good. I like he's a good prospect. He really is. And the fact he's already won a world title, I think speaks I think it speaks volumes for him. And I think and I like the way Floyd Mayweather's really brought him and groomed him up. And I Floyd's done a really good job with him. But this is a very calculated this is a risk here. Because you're going to Walsh's backyard when Javante Davis didn't need to go. And Liam Walsh is a different beast. Am I saying Liam Walsh is the best junior lightweight in the world? No. But he's, I, he's in my top seven, top six. Top six you could say he's definitely in that top five to seven. I think Javante Davis has got some bad. I think he got bad advice here. I, this, this just smells like a disaster is coming for Javante Davis and I think he needed more seasoning because the crowds in England are nothing like that. And it's no offense to the United States. But the crowds in England, are it's a very different atmosphere. You look at, like, Gennady Golovkin and Kelbrook. You look at uh, Anthony Joshua, like a Coach. You even go far back into the 90s watching fights with Ricky Hatton. You can look at Lennox, you know, when Lennox Lewis fought in Europe in – Fought in England. You know, it's just a different atmosphere. Is he ready for that rabbit crowd? Is he ready? Is his Floyd Mayweather mentally prepared him correctly to take on take an opportunity like this? I'm calling for the upset. I think Liam Wall shocks the world. I think he beats Javante Davis. If this fight was in the States, I would say Javante Davis. But I think just going overseas, and he's been there for a couple, he's been there for about two weeks. So he's been there for the right amount of time. I just think the crowd, the big fight experience, I think it's going to prove to be too. And you're, he's facing a better fighter than he did his last time out. I'm going with Liam Walsh. I think Liam Walsh stops him. I'm going, calling an 11th round stoppage. Liam Walsh walks out to IBF junior lightweight champion. Finally, we, we disagree on, on a fight. We disagree, brother. I draw the line in the sand, brother. Um, let's um, let's run down very quickly the rest of the world title fights. All of them in Japan. Uh, this one probably this next fight probably the biggest of the six world title fights in Japan. Hassan and Dom versus Ryota Murata for the vacant WBA regular middleweight title. Basically, Daniel Jacobs' old title before. Losing it to uh, uh, to Gennady Golovkin. I like Hazan and Dom. I think he's going to win this. And Ryota uh, Murata is just another one of those Japanese boxer. Not a lot of experience, but just immediately elevated into this spot. How do you feel about a Japanese fighter getting world title fights at 10, 15 fights in? But I think Dom is going to win this. No, <laughs> First, good for Japan. Getting all these fights, man. That's, I'd like to see some world title fights just in the United States, but good for Japan getting all these fights. But no, I think Dom wins. This is just another case of where too many belts in boxing. Just have one WBA middleweight title. We don't need regular, super, linear, golden, unified. Just have one, one world champion in each weight class. Let's call it a day. It's old. It's monotonous. It is ridiculous. It should not be. If you want to do weight like WBA, WBC, IBF, IBO, I'm cool. But I don't need WBA regular, WBA super, WBA everything else in between. Just give me one freaking title for each organization and let's call it a day. Ganigan Lopez versus Ken Shiro for Lopez's WBC junior flyweight title. 
I like Gunnigan Lopez. I think he's going to retain. Sure. Uh, good. <laughs> I never heard of either guy, so you, I'm going with sure. I'm picking the official. Really, <laughs> um, the other four fights: Juan Hernandez Navarrete defending his WBC flyweight title against Daigo Higa, uh, Kosei Tanaka versus Angel Acosta versus uh, for Tanaka's WBO junior flyweight title. Acosta, he's a guy that's being really groomed by Miguel Cotto. He's a big Miguel Cotto guy working uh, for Miguel Cotto's prom- uh, promotional company. We'll talk about uh, Miguel now. Cotto. We got Miguel Cotto news when we're done. Yes, of course. Uh, now we got Inoue versus Ricardo Rodriguez versus the WBO junior bantamweight title. Uh, Inoue, one of the biggest Japanese names in boxing right now. I think Inoue is going to – that might be a really good fight. Ricardo Rodriguez versus Inoue. If I, I'm going to try to find a way to watch that fight because I think that's going to be good. And then lastly, Akira Yegashi versus Milan Melindo for Yegashi's IBF junior flyweight title. That's the entire slate of world title fights. And yes, speaking of uh, Miguel Cotto. Uh, so it was announced yesterday that Miguel Cotto and Rock Nation Sports, his promoter for the past couple of fights, have split ways. And now we have absolutely no idea what is the future of Miguel Cotto. He was supposed to fight, at least they were in deep talks to fight Japanese journeyman Yoshihiro uh, Kamigai, which I have no idea why in the hell would Miguel Cotto would even think about making this fight. And there was a lot why. of... I can tell you why. And there was a lot. You want to know why? Oh. You want to know why? why? Yeah. The green. Come on. The green. The green. The only reason Miguel Cotto... What green? What green? There was, this was a fight that was going to lose... Rock Nation Sports and HBO Money. HBO didn't even want to broadcast this fight unless there was something big down the line. Nope. And, yep. and Cotto was demanding a lot of money, but more money than what Rock Nation Sports wanted to demand him. And Comic Guy, no disrespect to him, but he's never challenged for a world title. No one outside of Japan knows who he is. He's, he's, a, knock, he's a knockout specialist, but against who? This is my question. And this would have been by far Comic Guy's biggest fight of his career. But there wasn't any, there was no setup. This was not for, this is not a title eliminator. No really, no one knew where the fight was going to happen. It was probably going to, from what I'm hearing, it was going to be June 24th. But HBO really didn't want to have this fight. This was a, I don't know, the Kodo's, Kodo for the past eight months in terms of trying to get a fight. Has been an absolute roller coaster from the early talks with Juan Manuel Marquez, the talk, uh, the the fight against Kirkland, which was somehow going to be a pay per view headliner, which would have lost um huge amounts of money because no one was going to buy that fight. Then you got again, no disrespect to Yoshihiro Kamigai, but who the hell are you? You have to fight Miguel Cotto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I was thinking with this comic guy's camp, have some like blackmail on Jay Z or something to to even attract Kodo's attention. Because this fight was not well, even going to be in in Japan, which I guess no, it, it was going to be. Who's going to be? It here. was going to be. It was going to be here. It was not going to attract any good, any decent crowd whatsoever, unless it was in Puerto Rico. I just don't know. I don't know why. It was either going to be in Puerto Rico, Miami, or Dallas. Um, I don't want to waste too much time on Miguel Cotto because he's not worth too much time in this day in, at this time. But he, his own worst enemy here, he values himself, and he don't trust me. He's a star, but what's his worth at this point? He hasn't fought since November 2015, due to his own malicious. This isn't due to anything else but him. Him and choosing, well, you know, I'm good. But if you're good, just retire. What's the point of staying around? He wanted too much money for a fight that Rock Nation was going to lose a lot of money on. Why put in all that money when A. Koto's not going to do any damn media? That's another guy that's hurt himself in a lot of instances. 
how my guy signed? He's still ordered by Golden Boy. He signed the contract. They were waiting for Kodo, and Kodo, him and Rock Nation couldn't agree to the money. Miguel Kodo is his own worst enemy here. He really is. Miguel Kodo should be. You know, this is another guy that should be fighting twice a year. He's only fought three times since he beat Sergio Martinez, or two times since he beat Sergio Martinez. I'm looking here twice. They were trying to make a fight with Marquez. Tim Bradley was another guy they were talking about. Then he had what happened with Kirkland. You know, he's 36. It becomes the point of where you either fight or you don't. If you don't want to fight, retire. Because Miguel Cotto is an action fighter. Miguel Cotto is still a great fighter. Still a good fighter. But if you're not willing to bark, come off your demand a little bit for a fight that you it's not it's gonna be a money loser. I agree with Rock Nation. Rock, Rock Nation did the right thing here. And they backed off and said, you know what? You're asking for too much. Let's they tried. Both sides tried hard from what sources have told me. That Pocoto kept insisting, I need this. When and Rock Nation's like, we can't do it. We're gonna this is too much of a money loser. And when you don't have HBO on board, where was the fight going to air? Who was going to was Golden Boy going to be willing to put it on their iPay per view where it's not going to draw well? Maybe you get fifty thousand buys. Maybe fight still not making that a lot of money. You're maybe going to make after everyone. You may make, they may make like a million bucks, maybe. But that's a money loser even for them in that aspect. So. I think if Miguel Cotto doesn't have a fight, I think this could be set up Miguel going back to top rank. I think maybe he does like one-offs with everybody and kind of just kind of see where it goes, but I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Miguel Cotto and Tim Bradley. I know that's a fight that's been discussed. A fight with Marquez, I think, would do pretty well. So he's got some fights out there that he could still make some money with. So, But if he doesn't fight soon, just retire, man. It's not, just retire. It's not worth – you keep saying you're close to being done. Well, I think he should be done here because you're just out. He's outbidding himself, Carlos. And I think, and as a fellow, Port, you know, you're a Puerto Rican just like Cotto is. And it comes to that point to where you're starting to become not relevant. And the only reason you're becoming relevant is because you're making absurd demands that you don't deserve at this point. Yeah, I agree. And this is, it's a shame because Cotto's my favorite fighter, but. I don't know. We'll see. It, it's a very, it's a very sad thing to see Cotto's career uh, progressing the way it is. But yeah. All right. So I think that about wraps it up for this edition of the Fight Bell Boxing Podcast. We'll try to see. We'll try to work out what about next week's show because I have a because there's a good chance I may have to go to Niagara Falls to broadcast a college baseball tournament. I don't know. We'll see about that. But wait, yeah. you're not going down. You're not. You're not going down the waterfall. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. That would be awesome. If you do that, you got to videotape it. Facebook Live oh, I it. Will. Facebook Live it. Facebook. I, I definitely will. So go to Fightful.com for the latest coverage in MMA, boxing, pro wrestling, NXT TakeOver tomorrow, Backlash on Sunday, Bellator tonight. For the Boxing Podcast, Carlos Toro and Steven Muehlhausen. Oh, wait, before I do. Wait, no. Yeah, yeah, you're Plugs. Yeah, go to iTunes. No, yeah, yeah, go, go to you iTunes. Find, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Go to them all. Give us ratings. Give us the five-star rating, or we're going to give you the five-star frog splash like Rob Van Dam. Leave comments. Tell us how we're doing. If we suck, tell us that we suck. If we're doing spectacular, God dang it, tell us we're doing awesome, and you want to see more of my face in his, his Justin Bieber looking hair. Yes, I said Justin Bieber looking here. But with the cool Nintendo hat, I will give you props for the hat. But no, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and all that fun stuff. Where can we, where can we find you on Twitter, Stephen? Come on, you got to spell my name. How do you, come on, all right. right now. Right now, uh, I'm, I'm challenging you. All right, Ready? I know. How, okay, Ready? I know. All right. I think, uh, I don't remember your actual your Twitter, but I know your last name. I can spell it. M-U-E-H-L-H-A-E. U-S-E-N. Boom, baby! S. Mielhausen MMA. Carlos already spelled it for you. S. Mielhausen MMA is where you can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram. Where can I find you, sir? 
You can find me on Twitter at Colastore360. It's plain and simple as that. And find Fightful on Twitter at Fightful Online, at Fightful MMA, and at Fightful Wrestling. So now for the Fightful Boxing Podcast, Colastore and Samuel House and signing out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.